0: You are listening to episode 19 of the Design Influence with Albinoes. You may not know that last year in 2018, April, four months into the year, I returned from a year-long social media sabbatical. So from April 2017 to April 2018, I completely unplugged from social media platforms. Yet when I came back in April, over the next eight months... I spoke at a panel at High Point Market, appeared on four interior design podcasts, launched a virtual conference, secured sponsored collaborations with about half a dozen brands, and put into motion launching this very podcast with founding sponsorship. In 2019, this year or, you know, depending when you're listening to this. <laughs> I was chosen alongside nine other designers and bloggers to be part of the Design Bloggers Tour. I had established new brand partnerships while growing existing relationships. I wrote my first soon-to-be-published book, depending again, time of recording, soon to be published. And I'm preparing for new opportunities that I can't quite talk about just yet, but they're very, very exciting. I share all of this with you because, one, I'm immensely proud of myself, but what I'm most proud of is the circumstances under which I hit these milestones. I have a very small following, like super small. Even across all of my social channels combined, I still have what is considered a very, very, very small following. And we often hear about all of the pressure to have high numbers as social proof, but there is something to be said for the micro, micro, micro influencer, who as the saying goes, is small but mighty. So how did I do it? A while back on the blog, I shared a few of the techniques that I use to accomplish all the things that I mentioned. It was actually I can't even say was, it still is one of the most popular blog posts on the site. And that told me that this was something that I need to talk about and not just write about. So today we're going to talk about it. Nothing I did, first and foremost, was contingent on my numbers, obviously. So before we even dive into anything, I want you to know whether you have a thousand followers or a million followers. There are a few key things that if you really nail them down, you can definitely boost your visibility and brand attractiveness, and that is all what we're going to get into today. Welcome to The Design Influence, a show dedicated to changing the conversation and creating impact on and offline. The Design Influence is all about you, the online designpreneur helping you be a better designer and entrepreneur in this new digital landscape. I'm your hostess with the mostest, online interior designer, content creator, and nonstop idea machine, Albie of Albie Knows Online Interior Design. If you're ready for some candid, uncaffeinated conversations about everything from decoding interior design tools to growing pains as an entrepreneur to figuring out what the heck it means to be an influencer, then turn up your earbuds and let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Um, This is an episode that I had actually planned on recording way back when. Because I get the question fairly often here and there how did I end up working with this brand or the other? Or how did I end up on this show or the other? Um, But instead of recording the episode, I wrote a blog post. And then the blog post blew up and not like viral blew up nothing that crazy but just kind of in looking at my numbers I realized that this was something that really really interested people a lot more than I realized and so I want to talk about it with you today so we're going to just dive right in into exactly what I did to hit the milestones that I mentioned in the intro with really less than a thousand followers because at the time of recording I have only maybe been over a thousand for like maybe like two months now Um so essentially everything I did I was still at less than a thousand followers and I say that very broad stroke but that really is the case whether it was Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, none of my channels have more than a thousand followers. Well Instagram does that one past a thousand but none of the rest have more than a thousand followers so how did I do it? The first thing I did was realize that my talent is my influence, plainly and simply put. If you listened to last week's episode, then you know it was all about the power of positioning yourself as an influencer, if that's something you want to do. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I definitely would advise you to stop listening to this one right now, go listen to that one first, and then come back. I mean, I guess you could listen to it afterwards, but... In any case (laughs) if you listen between the lines though then you also would have picked up on the fact that quote unquote influencers are expected to evoke emotion and inspire action from their audiences whether it's to spark a conversation or sell a product so when pitching myself whether it was for a partnership or an interview i made a point of yes sharing my skills and my unique position as an e-designer, but I did so with a little bit more thoughtfulness and intention. So I shared how I was an online interior designer and a content creator, but how that could truly be valuable to their audience, how I could connect with their audience. And if you listen to almost any of the previous guest episodes on this show, you'll see that that's what almost all of them have in common their ability to leverage their talent for more than just providing a service. I am certainly not the only e-designer or broadcast or blogger or podcaster out there, but I leaned heavy into these roles while also highlighting how it would align with their objectives. It wasn't all about my agenda, which is made very clear But first and foremost, I had to let whoever know I was pitching that my presence would serve them. My talent would serve them. And that is how I was able to kind of show my influence by being strategic about sharing my talent. Getting the yes is what serves me. Everything else I bring to the table is about serving them. The second thing I did, I pitched with intention. You got to have intention or don't even pitch at all. Way back when, on the show when I hung out with Morgan Molitor, if you haven't listened to that episode, it is a three-part episode, two where we just chat, and then one where it's a QA. and a Morgan made a point of saying how she loves when she gets a no as a response to a pitch because it's just another chance to pitch him again and again and again. Challenge accepted. Often when somebody tells me that they were rejected or ignored for a pitch, it's usually because it was very, very generic and it was just kind of a really broad approach. You're reaching out to them. So getting rejected, like Morgan said, is a chance to hopefully do better than you did the first time. And then by the second or third time around, hopefully you give them an irresistible reason to work with you. You pitch with intention. No matter how lucrative an opportunity may look on the surface, I only pitch when it's in alignment with their brand and my brand. I cater the pitch to meet both of our specific needs. Believe you me, there are loads of brands and sites and shows that I would love to pitch for one reason or another. The fact is, no matter how much I may love them, it doesn't mean that they're an automatic fit for my plans or vice versa. The next thing I did was getting over myself. And with that, I had to get over my numbers. For the longest while, my imposter syndrome was directly tied to my numbers. I have a small audience, so I may not be that great. (laughs) The truth is, we all have to start somewhere. And most businesses understand that. More often than not, they actually respect the scrappiness of starting from the bottom. If you scroll scroll back far enough, you'll find that even your fave larger-than-life influencers had an audience that was the same size that yours is now. Yet, months or years later, they're thriving. So, you won't grow if you continue to use your numbers as a handicap. And that was something that I had to realize very early on. I'm not going to focus on my numbers, and so they won't focus on my numbers. What other numbers can you start to leverage? As a small creator or a new designer, that's not what makes you special. So instead of fixating on the numbers that were completely out of my control, I shared my client count, my affiliate marketing income, my projected sales, and other quantifiable data to close the deal. Those numbers were not only more impressive, but they are also more indicative of what I really bring to the table. Because I could bring a 1,000 followers to the table, but what, what does that mean? That could just mean I have a really pretty feed that people like to follow, but that doesn't necessarily translate into dollars, that doesn't necessarily translate into loyalty, that doesn't necessarily translate into influence. The next thing I did was research, research, research. I knew my target from all angles. I'm a nerd. It's no secret. So researching is second nature to me. But pitching requires a lot of research, long before you've even reached out to anyone for anything. So what was I researching? Previous partnerships and campaigns, current initiatives, their product offerings, their target audiences, their brand values, their messaging objectives, and the most overlooked piece of research, the one that usually (laughs) shoots people right in the foot, the right damn contact (laughs) not only is that probably the most overlooked it's probably the hardest thing to research who do you reach out to once you've nailed down everything else because spoiler alert they're gonna research the hell out of you too i cannot tell you how many times i have seen brands that i pitched pop up in my story views or once I'm having a conversation with them, they'll reference something on my site or that's part of a Google search result. There is power in being well-informed and well-prepared for any potential objections. And the research allows you to step in front of, if the objection of your numbers were to come up, you can use the information that you've gathered, whether it's about the brand or the specific contact. Again, you gotta get the right contact. You can use that information as part of your charm, as part of closing the deal. Did you know that we have a shop? Yes, the Design Influence has a shop. Running your business is more than just beautiful mood boards and design projects. You have to be able to protect yourself, present your ideas in a clear way, protect your clients, Get paid, outline your processes, all of this on top of the creative so that your business is always showing up as a clear, precise and effective machine. That is why we launched our template shop as well as the influence directory. In the template shop you will find easy, ready to download and easy to customize templates everything from e-design contracts to proposals and briefs to get you started on really systemizing your business and clarifying your processes the influence directory on the other hand gets a little bit deeper it's a little bit more robust because it is an index of courses designed to help you maximize your expertise and influence so from software to strategy tools to tactics I've pulled all of my knowledge and all of my resources to help you learn, connect and thrive in your own designpreneur journey. Head over to the designinfluence.com forward slash resources to get started with some of our templates and also to sign up with some of the courses that'll be rolling out later this year. See you on the other side. Now let's get back to the conversation. Lastly, I bragged on myself. Even if it was just a little bit at a time, I bragged. As Rachel Moriarty said in our chat, bragging is about social proof. Brands want to know who you are and all the wonderful things that you do. So why not tell them? With every pitch I submit, I share my idea and where I could see our partnership going. But I also share about myself as a toddler mom, a military wife, a soon to be published author, a podcast host, a feature design blogger, a brand ambassador, and whatever else that will add to my credibility. The key is only sharing what is relevant. For a writing opportunity, what else have you written? For a speaking appearance, where else have you spoken? For a sponsor collaboration, who else have you worked with? Even where you may not have explicitly had the same experiences, what have you done that aligns with what you're trying to do? This calls for a lot of self-reflection, but it'll be worth it as you start to find more value in what you've done, making it easier to share and easier to brag. I went from sending pitches that were basically saying, hey, I'm awesome. I think you're awesome. Let's be awesome together to then breaking down exactly how my awesomeness is relevant to them, what my exact awesomeness is, and what that can mean for them and for their audience. So yes, it is a brag, but as Rachel said, it really is all about your social proof. It's all about the cover letter that goes to your resume, so to speak. So you dig in and you really think about what you've accomplished, no matter how big or small, what you have created outside of just being a designer, what makes you special, and you share that with the brands. Show of hands if you have a publicist. Now, I can't see you, but I'm willing to bet a small amount of money that no one is raising their hands. Most of us have to be our own publicist, hype man, and media team. One of the courses that I plan on releasing in the influence directory will be called picture influence focusing explicitly on how to optimize your influence no matter your audience size and that is because we constantly hear about the numbers the numbers the numbers but there's way more to landing the interviews and the collaborations than just your numbers my background in advertising and public relations has definitely come in handy I won't lie that is what my bachelor's degree is in and I dig into all of that education when it comes time for me to submit ideas and this isn't to say it gets me automatic slam dunks but it helps but it also has come down to remembering that I am the only one that truly knows what I bring to the table. No one else knows it as well as I do. So I have the responsibility to sell what I bring to the table. In the same way that we present and pitch ourselves to clients, no one does it for us. We do it for ourselves. We have to be ready and willing to do that same thing with publications, brands, podcast shows, and wherever else that we want to be featured. If we want to be in the room, we have to put ourselves in the room. For this most one recent one-room challenge, for example, I was blessed yet again to work with major brands that I would have only dared to dream to work with. Those relationships didn't fall out of the sky. I have a God-given talent, and so it is my job to tell them about it. So I did, and it was worth it each and every time. So now I want to hear from you. What is your unique influence? This is precisely why I said listen to last week's episode, episode 17. This is precisely why I said listen to that episode first because it's all about the influence, digging into it and pulling it out. What is yours? How can you own it? And then once you've owned it, pitch it like you mean it. I'd love to know where you land on the topic. Specifically, I would love to know how comfortable or uncomfortable you are with putting yourself out there to be seen and featured for your talents. While you're listening to the episode, I want you to take a screenshot, tag the design influence, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, so we can keep this conversation going. Because it is one that I know I get a lot of questions about. Especially each time something kind of wraps up on my page. So like after the random challenge, I get questions about brands that I've worked with. So I really want to know where you guys land on this. Drop your thoughts in the comments, whether it is with your screenshot or below the corresponding post. And I want to see where everyone kind of falls in this category. Again, how comfortable or uncomfortable everyone is with pitching and being featured and putting themselves out there to be found. Thanks again for hanging out with me today. If you haven't already subscribed, I would love it if you do so so that we can keep the conversation going on a regular basis so you can always know when I drop a new episode. For sure, leave a rating or a review so I can know what you think about the show. And thank you again for making me part of your day. Now go forth and create your influence.